Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. I'm Ray. I'm Alex Reed. Okay, well, welcome back to another episode of... Oh, Is this Alex? I wish. Uh, are you sure? Yeah. Is your name Alex? I'm not Reeves? as good looking. Oh no! What do you mean? Uh, Alex is a handsome man, you know. Oh, you can't do that to yourself. You have to believe. I didn't in think it. of the consequences of what I just said. <laughs> I was going to start a whole self-love rant to you. Yeah, right now. I was trying to hype yeah. him, but I realised I was self-deprecating. Yeah. Which fits into my writer persona, actually. So right. technically, I can do that. All right, yeah, he's just not that good-looking as Alex, guys. So. Well, you can't say that. Oh, okay. Sorry, sorry. I can say it. Oh, okay. okay. It doesn't work like that. But, uh, yeah, guys, <laughs> welcome to another episode. Unfortunately, Alex can't be here today because he's got a very big family emergency. So if you could all keep him in your prayers, mm-hmm. in your... I don't know, if you don't pray, what do you do? You meditate, you think meditate, positive thoughts. You hope, positive vibes, just positive throw vibes, them all the way in. Good energy. Leicester, I think that's where he is. But, um, but... In his place, we have the... Equally good-looking. Equally good-looking. <laughs> taller? We're the same height. Ooh. Yeah. Six-foot gang. <laughs> really? Yeah. Sorry, I have an obsession with height um, because I'm really tiny. Because the patriarchy has... Never mind, we'll no, get to that. Wow, we'll get to that. <laughs> um, that, of course, that as well. Um, and we have the amazing JJ with us today, who is guest... But also, this is very important. This is what I really need you guys to listen. In this episode, he's also co-host. Mm-hmm. And this title I've bestowed upon him is, is very intense because I need all of you guys to judge it. Um, <laughs> by the end of this episode, if he has done a good job, he has to buy me a drink and you will have to buy his book, right? Oh, okay, I like that. Right, <laughs> right. If he doesn't do a bad, like if he does Pressure. like a really, you know, like yeah. terrible job, he has to buy me two drinks. Mm-hmm. Actually, let's see, let's say three, right? Um, and unfortunately, you'll still have to buy his book. Okay. Okay, right, so. You didn't tell me this at the beginning. Like, no, I didn't. <laughs> I tried to keep it, you know. Yeah. I tried to reel you I in run off, the innocence like, and, pressure. you know, yeah. But, um, yeah, we have JJ. JJ, please introduce yourself, because um, I don't really do it really Hi, well. guys. There's people in the room. Hello, everyone. <laughs> Thank you for coming. 
Um, hi. Hi. My name is JJ. I'm a writer and poet. Um, uh, amongst other things, but we'll get into that. Uh, like awkward self-promotion, I don't know. I've got a book coming out called Mask Off, which we'll gang also gang. get into, gang gang. Um, and yeah, just here to have a chat with the fantastic Ray. Now, we, I was initially on the Mostly Ear podcast. Uh, God, nearly three years ago. Nearly three years ago. Yeah, when we yeah. Like, first started. And that was so exciting. Like, I absolutely, these guys are my favourites. absolutely love them. Haiki at Stan. So to Hi be sitting, yeah, like I'm a stand. Do you want to see my tattoos? What? What do you have? Mostly lit. <gasps> really? Yeah. Don't, don't embarrass yourself. Oh, okay. Um, <laughs> so, thank you so much for joining me. Now, in the usual way, oh, by the way, I just realised that we were just saying gang gang a lot of times. When we say gang gang, <laughs> if you don't understand the cultural impact, how would you describe that? Like, um, hip hip hooray? So, mm, no, I feel like... Hip Hip Hooray doesn't really capture the true essence of Gang Gang. Hmm. Disclaimer, Gang Gang is not uh, endorsing any kind of like violent <laughs> gang culture. Yeah, I have mentioned, yeah. Before a certain newspaper might oh, run with that story. So but I feel enough. like it's, what it is, is it's a reinforcement and an affirmation of each other's existence. Oh. It's like the Ubuntu philosophy. I am because you are. Gang you know, Gang. It's like when you're walking down the street and you see someone, and, and like, you, you head nod, and they head nod, and you're like, gang, gang. 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 Yeah, like, I see like, you. I see you, yeah. I like that, so you know, gang, gang, guys. There you go. Um, hip, hip, hooray. Um, <laughs> <laughs> for those who just don't get it. Um, so when we start a podcast, as you guys know, if you listen and if you don't, we always, we like to keep it nice and sweet. We like to get very personal. Obviously not too personal. We don't want to know all your business, JJ. But we always like to ask how you're doing. So... I haven't really spoken to you in a while. Because mm -hmm, you've been there with me, it's fine. I have, wow. <laughs> Him amongst many. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, but how have you been doing? How has like the past, I guess, three years the, yeah. been? Or the past week? Yeah, the past three years and the past week, there's really not much difference. It just feels like, do you know what I mean? Like, it's like, you know when time is just this abstract thing and it just absorbs into uh -huh. one constant stream? Like, honestly, that's how it feels. Like, three years ago, I had bad knees and a bad back. Like, three years later, still bad knees, bad back. Like, I don't know if I'm getting younger. I don't know if I'm getting older. You should older. probably see someone about that. I should, but, yeah. you know, like, you've got to move on. But things have been good. Writing's been going really well. Yeah. I feel like my life is going... It's interesting, right? It's like... Oh, I'm going to get into the deep existential Sorry, angst a little go, bit. Let's, let's go, go, right? Let's do it, let's it's do it. like, you know, you, when you start to feel like your life is going in the right direction, all your efforts are starting to kind of, like, come together and, and explode into a beautiful star, mm -hmm. right? However, scientists are now saying we only have 17 months uh, before the world is in a state of irreversible damage. And I'm like, just as I'm getting my life together, <laughs> like, <laughs> do you know what I mean? So I've got a couple more books that I want to write. Yeah. Like, can we just hold this Slow down. end of the world thing yeah. like a little bit? But um, yeah, everything's been good, honestly. I am, um, so I watched, is it called Planet? Uncle David. Oh, yeah, Uncle, yeah, Uncle yeah, David. Yeah, so he has a show, Uncle David, David Attenborough. Mm -hmm. um, we, we know him personally. Yep. He comes He's around. literally my uncle. Yeah, like he comes around. <laughs> I claim it. <laughs> <laughs> like he comes around, we discuss about, you know, life, the world. You know, he gives me pocket money sometimes. Um, he don't give me pocket money. He don't like you. <laughs> so I watched one of his programs um, before it came out on Netflix. Obviously, I get first dibs. I think it's called Planet, mm -hmm. right? You said that. 
Right. right? Mm -hmm. uh -huh. <laughs> <laughs> and um, that's when I found out that the world is basically ending, guys. Like, it's, we're done out here. We're really just... It's, yeah, it's peak. Like. And the thing is, is human, humans are complicated, like, species. Has anyone... Anyone remember the Matrix, like the first Matrix, with the Smiths and when the, the agent, yeah. you know, is speaking one-to-one -one with, with Morpheus and he's like, humans, you go everywhere and you destroy it like a virus. And I'm like, yeah. ah. I remember watching that as a kid and thinking, wow, like that's deep, man. Surely there's some, and then now it's like, mm, yeah, I kind of get yeah. where you're coming And it's from. so weird how we all understand how absolutely trash we are because yeah. so many movies, even like Avengers, Age of Ultron, um, he was like that machine was also like yeah. you're full of crap I don't know if I can swear but let's just pretend I can yeah. um, well, whatever. swear in Swahili <laughs> we won't know so I can't do that why not oh, okay let's get deep right <laughs> um, I don't know I feel like Swahili the words in Swahili mean so much more to me yeah they're so dear that I can't say it. Like, I haven't sworn in Swahili. I don't think I okay, ever have. Okay, I'm going to ask, yeah. So, all right. So, is it similar to Lingala? Because Lingala, we don't have actual swear words. Mm. It's not like the F word or the B word or this. But we have certain descriptors where if someone calls you that, like in English, it won't really, it's like whatever. Yeah. Like, someone calls you that in Lingala... Like, it's straight on-site beef, like, that's... This is where gang-gang would actually be violent. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Like, We're going to call this episode gang-gang. <laughs> yeah. I've decided. Yeah, that's it. It's like, for example, in, in English, uh, you could say, ah, oh, look at you, chicken head. If someone called you a chicken head... What would you, what would you do? Like, yeah, it's okay, like, whatever. all right. But if someone calls me a clown, I get offended. You right. know, like, because there's something, yeah. there's like a gravitas that we're like, you clown. True, <gasps> true. Oh my God, but I if, feel that. If someone said chicken head in Gala, that would look so Wow. <laughs> nah, like, <laughs> I'm fighting. I'm sorry, like, I can't contain myself. Like, so it's, oh, it's, it's, it's Swahili, yeah. there is a particular word. I can say it in my head, but mm. I physically cannot say it. And it's almost like, it took me a very long time to say I love you in Swahili as well because just... Nagubenda. Nagubenda, yeah. But this before, it's like, I can't say that word unless I really mean it. But when I came to this country, I guess y'all know the story. I didn't know any English, blah, 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 blah. Kids out here just swearing all over the place, mm. throwing out the F word everywhere. And I was like, wow, okay. So to me, swearing is literally just another word yeah. in English. And everybody's like, oh, you've got a sailor mouth, ain't you? Like, you're so... You're swearing all the time. <laughs> and I'm just like... That's just a word to me yeah, because yeah, growing yeah. up, people were just using it left, right, and centre. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, there's a particular word for me. I guess it could be like the c word. I, I don't like the c word. I mean. Just just hearing it, saying it, it, yeah. it feels yeah, like yeah. right. Yeah. And I think that's like the way I can explain it. Like I yeah. can't say the. But word. in certain, it's weird. In certain ordinary swear words depending on how they're said and how they're constructed mm. in the sentence, kind of like capture the passion and the emotion of that sentence. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Whereas like you can't even imagine someone not using that word in that sentence. Yeah. It makes sense. It's like sometimes it's like you can tell in someone's vernacular that the next natural word would be a swear word, but they've tried to hold it back <laughs> and they're not being authentic. That's mm -hmm. when I'm like, no, bro, you should swear. Swear the hell out of it, you know? <laughs> I don't know how we got here. But yeah. I don't wow. know, it's on a tangent. Something wow. about culture. 
Yeah, culture language. and language. Yeah. I have no idea how we got here. Oh, but yeah. thank you so much for telling us how you've been. Yeah, that's how I've been, yeah. just swearing. <laughs> <laughs> now, what did I tell you beforehand? Like, as a, as a, as a oh, co-host... Yeah. No, but you asked me as a guest, though. Right, but now... Okay, now I'm a co-host. Right, now you're the co-host, so, like, what are you supposed to do? How, how have you been, Ray? <laughs> <laughs> well, JJ. <no>. <laughs> <laughs> um, I don't know. Well, how have I been? So, basically, guys, in the past 30 hours, I've been... <laughs> Some people already know, because I've been telling them. Um, I've literally just landed in England a few hours ago. Um, oh, where yeah. were you coming from? Um, I was in Zanzibar, mm -hmm. like you don't know. <laughs> um, all but of yesterday. And then, guys, so I was in Zanzibar seeing my parents and my family. And then I get on Turkish Airlines. Uh, this episode is not sponsored by Turkish Airlines. <laughs> Will never be sponsored by Turkish Airlines. And I hope they listen to this episode and really fix their shits. Because, oh my God. Okay, so I feel like I need to tell this story because it's important. Like, I've mm -hmm. told you, but I've told you I need to... You, you have to tell this right, story. Right, for the purposes of Turkish Airlines and reviews, I guess. So... I'm about to go on my phone right now and like <laughs> <laughs> go on Yelp. All right, all right. <laughs> all right, so basically I miss my connection, connecting flight. First time, one hour transfer time. Who does that? Who does a one hour transfer time, really? Right? Really? Because Turkish airline isn't like BA, where if they're five minutes delayed, they'll tell you. That's what I love about the British. They're so polite. <laughs> like, five minutes delayed, they're telling you. Ten minutes, they're keeping you up to date. They're even saying on the thing, delayed, by. Do you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. I get in Istanbul and... The flight, like, it doesn't even say go to gate, blah, blah, blah. I look up and it says boarding. I'm like, whoa. <laughs> so I'm running. I get there. We're closed. And I was like, what? But, but you're not leaving now. Because when I came from England, you didn't even tell me that you're half an hour delayed. You were just sat there. <laughs> and so that's how I arrived in Istanbul, half an hour late for my connecting flight, which is an hour, whatever. But... There's no. more. That oh. I feel like that story oh. has to be said. Oh, do you think? There's a, yeah, absolutely. Okay, all right, guys. <laughs> Listen, it got peak. <sighs> Gotta keep it PC. All right, so I then. Can I can I prefix this by mm -hmm. asking who's ever shared a hotel room, <laughs> a hotel room, right? Hey, like a double bed hotel room with a complete and total stranger. I don't mean intimately or anything like that, but like a total way a couple of people were like, who was back in the day? No, like a complete and total stranger, like total stranger. Anyone? No, I, I haven't. Anyone? Anyone? Like complete? Yeah, there's. No, total. no, there is there's an explanation. There's a context, there's an explanation. All right, there's an explanation. I think this really, like, this, this touches really well with regards to, like, culture mm -hmm. and cultural practices, right, mm -hmm. which we were discussing. And I think this really, you know, adds the little sauce into mostly lit today. Um, so there's a Zanzibar woman who also missed her flight with me. And she's dressed in, you know, a, an abaya, which is a, a long sort of black gown with a scarf, and I was dressed the same. And people, I guess, thought that we were, like, sisters. <laughs> <laughs> so they're like, from Zanzibar, late? Okay, come with us. And I'm like, 
hi sis, and she's like, hi, and she's got a small boy, oh, cutie, lovely, but also, wow, he snores. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, oh God, I wanted to slap that kid up, and I don't, I'm like, I'm so, <sighs> don't, don't condone violence, guys. Anyway, so, <laughs> they take us, Back and forth, back and forth. Apparently, we had to pay for the visa. I've written my long email, because I don't think I should have paid for that visa, to Turkish Airline already. And then they're like, we get to the place, and it's like, all right, hotels. We're going to set you up in the hotel for free. Shuttle bus free. I said, thank God, finally, because I had to stay overnight and catch the, this morning flight. So I'm there, like, <laughs> yes, two rooms, one for me and one for her, because she has a baby. She has a baby as well. So maybe I even said like double room for her. And then she was like, bearing in mind, she's a Zanzibar woman. I don't even know how to explain it. It's like culturally when we're not in the country, we're basically relatives. Yeah. But we're not since we don't know each other. Okay. And then she just turns around and says, oh, no, 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 no. Just, just one room is enough. <laughs> Three beds. <laughs> and I was like, and I don't know if anyone, if anyone knows me, I'm, I don't like public displays of anything. Affection, conflict, proposals, anything. I just don't like it. <laughs> just don't do anything publicly. I am British as they come with regards to that, right? <laughs> Everywhere else, I'm Zanzibar. With regards to public displays, I am like tough upper lip, like mm -hmm. Edwardian or Georgian <laughs> or whatever, right? So I am so flustered that I'm like, and then the guy's like, all right, cool. And then he goes off and I'm like, and then I turn around to her and I'm like, in that, I think it was then that I was like, oh, but, because I'm trying to get the embarrassment away from her, I say, oh, but I'm going to be working. I don't want to disturb you. Like, are you sure? And she's like, oh, don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. Guys, I'm fuming. <laughs> <laughs> so this is when, but no Wi-Fi at this point. We get into the shuttle. We go to the hotel. And I'm like, it's like, maybe... Wait, did you have Wi-Fi in the hotel? Yeah, so we had... Oh, yeah. I was going to say, because yeah, yeah, a hotel. room with a stranger with no Wi-Fi, no, no, you can't no, even pretend to be on your phone, like... Wi-Fi in the hotel, and that's when I started texting all my girls, because I, I couldn't go on the phone, because I would have just cussed her, and she would have like, <laughs> So I was just texting my friends and my family, being like, I'm, I'm stuck with a stranger. They had no sympathy for me, apparently, because normal people would have just said, oh, no, like, two rooms. <laughs> Why are people nodding? You I have no heart. Not, I mean, this is not what you're supposed to say because culturally. Yeah. I was right, saying, like, yeah, we yeah, agree, like, it. it's normal. I've been in, well, not that situation. Because <laughs> I'd have been like, nah, bro. <laughs> but it's like, when you're, especially when you're part of a diaspora community, when you go elsewhere, no matter what the context, if you meet someone from your country, immediately you're related. You know, and it's like, oh my gosh, you're from, you know, I'll be like abroad and I hear some Lingala with, and I'm like, oh yes, like, and suddenly we're hanging out. Yeah. And I'm like, if we're both in the same country, like, we wouldn't like each other. We know this. Yeah. <laughs> but it would not have been acceptable. But my only thing is, I think for me, the one thing that annoyed me, I mean, the many things that annoyed me, was one, being stuck in the same room, but also, guys, she had the temerity. <laughs> temerity. She had the audacity <laughs> to FaceTime her family. Like, hi, mom. Oh. Right. Her husband. And then she's like, yeah, I met a friend. She's so lovely. She's here with me in the room. <laughs> All this time, I'm just like. <laughs> <laughs> on my phone. 
phone, messaging message my friends, being like, guys, I'm so fucking pissed. <laughs> and then also I'm like, yes, mama, come on too, how are you? Yeah, saying hello to people's families. Oh my, wait. Yeah! You were in the... No, no, no did, did you get FaceTime no, as well? No, I didn't get the FaceTime. Did she be like, hey, this is right. <laughs> She's coming around for dinner. <laughs> I didn't get the FaceTime. What I got was, say hello. Uh, so okay. she was like, she's here, say yeah. hello. And I was like, hi. Did you get any screen time though? No. I feel like if you got screen time, you're officially blood related. <laughs> <laughs> screen time on someone else's FaceTime, like that's a deep connection. Yeah. You know so that's, I mean? that was the problem. Apparently I got no sympathy for my friends because it apparently isn't normal, but the, I couldn't sleep because I was like, this is a stranger low key. And then she left me. Um, to go downstairs for dinner, and I was like, I want to. Yeah, you had to babysit? <laughs> no, 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 no. She took the baby. Oh, she took the baby. She took the baby. She took the baby. She took the baby. He's so adorable, but oh my God, the devil in that kid <laughs> is just like. I have never heard a kid snore so much, and I hate snoring. The whole time, I was literally like on the verge of tears, and she was talking, and then she turned the television on. And then I was like, oh, I think they might charge you for that. And then she'd be like, oh, the airline will pay. And I said, what? <laughs> I was like, he was on his iPad. The television was on. Me, I've got my book, A Little Life, so what I'm reading right now. We'll get to it later. Um, and yeah, like, they, were, they just had no regard for the fact that... I feel like, you know what? you got to milk that, honestly. Like, what I would do, that's now my cousin. Like, okay, sis, you are actually now my sister. Give me your address. I'm coming around for dinner. Let me borrow your clothes. Whatever it is. Like, do you know what I mean? Like, we are You know, with regards to borrowing clothes, she had, she was like, you're so lucky you brought clothes with you. And I was like, that is where I draw the line. Oh. Literally, she was like, she didn't bring any clothes for her or her kid. And then she was like, and I had a whole bag with my clothes. And she was... And she was like, you're so lucky you bought clothes. And I could see it in her eyes. <laughs> I could see it. She was going to be like, can I borrow that? And I was literally like zipping my bag up. Like, <laughs> I was like, listen, this is where I draw the line. How did you sleep, though? Because I, I would have been like, yeah. I didn't like, sleep. And yeah. then she trusted me so much. She went downstairs for dinner. Her handbag was there. I was like, I could steal from you. I can kill your child. <laughs> like, but you know what? To make it more positive, unless serial killer slash Hollywood, like, isn't that a beautiful like, example right. of right. our human connection right. so on let's a get profound down to... <laughs> level, yeah. right. right? In the world that makes us fear ourselves and fear each other, that we can sleep in a room with complete strangers. Who are you from know? where you're from. Who are and, from where yeah. you're from and, and have that cultural what, yeah. diaspora. That's, that's, that's the uh, lesson to learn here. I mean, obviously, if there was some kind of danger that you'd actually experienced, then that would not be the lesson to learn. Yeah. But it turned out positive, so we can rejoice. There right? was no, there was actually no, no positive. No positive. Just, just I didn't trauma. get sleep. Um, very traumatic. And I thought when we landed in, in, in Gatwick that she'd at least be like, oh, my husband's coming to collect me. Do you want a ride? Since we both live in East <laughs> London. Oh, dang. And she didn't do it. So what, she just walked off and said she bye? She was like, Sick, thank you so much. Bye. No phone number, no, not even Instagram. Not even... No. Nothing. She was like, she was like, bye. Follow and then nothing. she told the little kid, tell auntie bye. <laughs> and I was like, I was like, bye, you little bitch. <laughs> Literally. Oh, my gosh. It was... 
Yeah. That's that's where I'm coming from today. So my energy right now is much more positive. But that is how I am. Thank you so much I for mean, asking. You've been a great co-host so far. Thank you. Is he doing thank well? You. Am I doing all right? Yeah. yeah. Five out of ten. Whoa, hold on. <laughs> that would have got me licks if I came home with five out of ten. Like, really? Yeah, like that wasn't oh, good your enough. Parents cared. Strict, yeah, man. Really? It was a bit mad. Still. I don't know why my people were just like, yeah, yeah, yeah whatever. Yeah, I like think sick. I got it the other way I was way supposed around. to be the smart one and it was a bit... And then you were like, I want to be a writer. And then, yeah, and then everyone <laughs> just like, what? <laughs> it was a bit mad. Really, were you going to be a doctor? Uh, I was, well, I was supposed to be either a doctor or something really smart. Mm -hmm. So, I, I <laughs> like, I studied psychology and then I was supposed to oh, go down, like, especially... Oh, did you? Gang, yeah, gang, 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 gang. <laughs> yeah. And then supposed to go down, like, a route of maybe doing a PhD or something. Oh, like real smart. Yeah, and then it all just kind of, like, I don't know, deep existential angst. Started writing poems in lectures instead of actually listening. You know what? And then, yeah. I feel like we need to start changing this whole mindset of, like... I mean, it's, I think it's already begun with maybe our generation in that we're mm. very much encouraging young people to go into the arts yeah. and not see it as, yeah, you're going down the less smart route. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I had to kind of appease my parents. Mm. I was like, oh, I don't want to do medicine. They didn't talk to me for a whole year. And then I was <laughs> like, I'll do English literature. They were like, oh, you're dumb. Yeah. <laughs> do you want to become a teacher or an interpreter? And I'm like, I don't even know how you become an interpreter. But they thought I'd be going around interpreting because I wanted to study English yeah. I don't understand um, and then I was like oh no I'm, I'm gonna become a lawyer and then they were like okay yeah, are you gonna be sending people to prison though like lawyers acceptable though oh yeah there's some morality yeah issue. you can't defend murder yeah so stuff, they were like what kind of law like criminal and I was like no no business and then it's like all right cool <laughs> <laughs> you make money cool. yeah um, but it's like in African households you know there's four professions yeah you know, doctor, doctor. lawyer, engineer, engineer, or failure. <laughs> <laughs> I was actually going to ask, like, what the fourth yeah, was. Literally. I was like, like, literally, yeah. like, if you're not doing that, then it's a bit like, but it's weird. So even with me and the whole writing thing, like, it took other people to basically call my mum. When all my mum's mates were calling and saying, oh my gosh, I just saw your son on, oh, oh my yeah. children are talking about da 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 da. Like, now she's coming back and be like, yeah, that's my son. I'm so, uh -huh. I'm so proud. Uh -huh. oh, I love him. Yeah. And I'm like, mom, like, what? I remember what yeah. you were saying. You never encouraged yeah. me. But, you know, that's their, that's their jobs, isn't it, I guess? It's annoying, though. It is very because, annoying. Because, like, I qualified as a lawyer this week. No. <laughs> but um, considering that my parents, it talked to me for so long because I didn't want to become a doctor, I went back home to Zanzibar and everywhere. This is Raifa. She's unmarried, but she's a lawyer. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, she's yeah. grown so much. She's not eating. She's unmarried, but she's a lawyer. She's not eating. And then there was one part when she actually said, it, in, in Swahili, it will translate to, but we have hope. <laughs> I, I literally lost it. She was like, yeah. she's unmarried. She's a lawyer, but we have hope. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, Wow. The pressures are real, man. Diaspora pressures to like fulfill your parents' hopes and dreams. Diaspora pressures to share rooms with strangers. Like it's, <laughs> it's all it's all real out here in these streets, you know. But yeah, we do. But we survive. We, we move. We all move. right. So I have another question for you. Mm -hmm. What are you reading? What am I currently reading? Yes. Okay. So I tend to go through like a mix of uh, whether it's poetry, non-fiction, fiction. Does anyone read like multiple books at a time and then they can't remember where they are with which book and then you just kind of get lost and you're like, okay, what's, what's going on? Why would you um, do that? I don't know, because it's fun. 
Like, do you know what I mean? You get lost in multiple worlds, you get to escape, then you really escape and just forget where you are. <laughs> like, totally. You're like, whoa, and then you come back. Um, so I reread Season of Migration to, to the, the North. North by Talib Sayed. Oh, if you haven't read that book, guys, book. please read it. Yeah. You can literally read it in one sitting. Like, just Very free up tiny. a Saturday afternoon. Boom, sit down, read it, read it, read it. It's just so tense and grip. Like, and I have my theories about that, you know, mm -hmm. but I'm, oh, I can't do any spoilers. Um, um, okay, fine. Well, yeah, because it's, it's a bit, it's a bit, yeah. Do you know what I mean? It's really, no, I'm joking. They all die. They all die in the end. <laughs> oh. Although, no, let me not. Um, I'm also reading If uh, Bill Street Could Talk. James Baldwin. Yeah. Uh, me and my uh, one of my guys, we do this thing and we read books together and just discuss. And the film came out as well, so we were reading that. I love James Baldwin, especially if you um, have heard James Baldwin speak. Like just just, just YouTube James Baldwin and just watch him speak. Mm -hmm. um, there's one of his talks that I just kind of have on repeat all the time called The Artist Struggle, which is just basically about like the struggle of being an artist. And it makes you feel better if you're an artist and poor, which like basically, <laughs> I know. And it's like, okay, I can be broke, <laughs> yes. Yeah. But like there's a greater meaning substance. and substance and yeah. purpose to it. Um, and I'm also reading a book. So yesterday was uh, kind of uh, bold. Suicide Awareness Day. I don't yeah. think I've got the words right, but it was about suicide awareness. And I'm reading a, um, a professor called Thomas Joyner, mm -hmm. who writes a, a book called The Myths About Suicide. And it's really, really insightful. Mm -hmm. I think it's just like one of those conversations that, you know, we need to start opening up the floor about, about mental health, about kind of like um, how we speak with each other, yeah. about um, community and belonging and purpose and all of that. So... Yeah. I think we're kind of getting into that space where, I, with regards to such subjects, they are being discussed. But yeah. I guess now, like, with a bit more nuance, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I find, yeah, rather definitely. than just clear-cut. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So it's always important to get to that. But I'm going to ask you now as co-host. Thank you. I'm learning, isn't it? You're I'm so right. good. Yeah. <laughs> Alex has I'm a trying lot not to, to be talk. too good because I don't want to take Alex's yeah. place. Like, do you know yeah. what I mean? In fact, this is you being like, Mellow. This is, shall I turn it up? Oh, you want to? If I set up, it gets all levels mad, like. <laughs> do you know what I mean? Let's so, Ray, how have you, <laughs> what have you been reading? Um, so, if you guys follow me on Twitter, um, I've been tweeting about this book called A Little Life by uh, a woman called Hanya. I think it's Yanagihara, which is her last name. <clears throat> and the first, like, 200 pages, I was like, guys, this book is phenomenal beautiful writing as in the writing is so I always say good writing for me has less adjectives but more like verbs more like doing words more like carrying, really yeah like carrying the the carrying the story forward I feel like that that is a story when there's like loads that of is verbs. interesting maybe we could talk about what is good writing after this Ooh. but okay okay because I come from the complete opposite really? spectrum yeah you want, you like want I don't flower. want verbs I want flower oh. I want to know what the colour of the vase is <laughs> in the room that you're not even in like <laughs> that's what I want I love flower but I like a balance because sometimes flower can be so like is it superfluous you know I yes. always mess up yeah, the yeah, words yeah. Um, English is not my first language. <clears throat> we have this thing on like the podcast where I always mispronounce um, words, and um, my big word that I always mispronounce, which my best friend here will tell you, is. 
<laughs> the word is albeit, right? But also, why how? is no space in between that word? Wait, so how do you pronounce it? Albeit. <laughs> Wait, what? <laughs> why have I never heard this? Albeit. <laughs> I shouldn't even laugh, because I'm definitely like in the same thing. So, phase. yeah, um, the first time I saw that word, I said albeit. <laughs> And it was, you know, when yeah. you're like in school and you have to read out loud? Yo. It was awful. And then I pronounced Penelope wrong. I said Penelope. <laughs> when we were doing ancient myth, and then I pronounced lingerie, I said lingiri. It's, <laughs> it's a big thing. And yeah. last year I pronounced cognac wrong because apparently it's not okay to say cognac. It's not <laughs> cognac, but it's definitely spelt cognac. Oh my god. Yeah, it's cognac. Yeah. How I, am should, I, I, to know I that? shouldn't be laughing. I'm laughing with you. Disclaimer. I'm definitely <laughs> laughing with you yeah. because your words are even complicated. Like they're, you know, multiple <laughs> syllables. The first time I realised where I, I'm actually an idiot here yeah, was um, <laughs> so Dawson, as in Dawson Kings and Dawson Junction in that area. <laughs> right. So for the longest time as a teenager, I used to call it Dalliston. Because <laughs> yeah. that's when we went shopping to the market with my mum. That's what that's what she called it. Like. Hey, get ready, we're going to Daliston, Daliston. Go buy some plantains from Daliston. I'm like, cool, we're going to Daliston. Yeah. Then when I got older and started being sent by myself, she's like, yeah, go to Daliston, buy some plantains, buy some kwanga, buy this, buy that. Cool, got my little shopping list. Now I get to, this is in the days where, like, before there was oyster and that, like, so I'm a bit, a bit old. Um, and then, like, so I get there and I ask the guy, oh, can I have a return ticket to Daliston, right? <laughs> like... Bear in mind, yeah, this is in Kentish Town, isn't it? So he's a proper cockney geezer, like. <laughs> so he's like, where, mate? <laughs> <laughs> and you know, like, I was so flustered, yeah? I was just like, well, what's going on? What do you mean, where? <laughs> like, who's wrong here? Like, I'm processing, and I'm like, yeah. in my head, he can't be wrong, he works he, here. Right? But then I'm like, wait, is my mum wrong? Yeah. Like, no, she's the ubiquitous, like, creator of myself as, an, as a human being. Like, she can't she be can't wrong. She can't be wrong. You know, so I'm like, I'm like, so no, he's wrong. I'm like, mate, come on, Daliston. <laughs> and he's like, what are you talking about, mate? Are you sure? And I goes, yeah, Daliston. He goes, oh, Dalston, mate. You want to go Dalston? And I swear, that day, like, my heart jumped. I was just so shocked. And since then, like, there's a... It's a thing. It's a thing. It's a yeah. real thing. But you know what? They say that you shouldn't laugh at people who mispronounce words yeah. because that means that they've learned it by reading yeah. and not by hearing. Thank so you. Essentially, like if you laugh at people who mispronounce words, you're laughing at readers. So... <laughs> Yeah, Thank you. Yeah. Um, the, the one, the fun time, the first time it happened to me actually was, I think I was like, when I was learning English, and I didn't know of, O F of, and then the first time I saw the word off, I was like, fuck! <laughs> <laughs> I was like, oh. I've never thought of that. Yeah. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I remember. I think I was like eight years old, and I just like looked at the page like, off. Yeah. So <laughs> no, but it's true. Some words in English just, just don't make sense. <laughs> Like, what is off? And that's off. I don't get it. Should it benign, be O-V, right? Benign. Benigna. Like, <laughs> that's what it should be. Like, what is benign? It should be benigna. Like, <laughs> there's so many words that I just, like, so much. <coughs> that that just don't make sense. Good. And you know what I love, though, right? It's that this is where creative license comes into it, mm -hmm. yeah? Where, like, as a writer now, I'm realising that you can get away with more, like, literary stupidity than you could if you weren't a writer. So uh -huh. there's best stuff that I might like mispronounce or use a word in the wrong context. I remember when I wrote my novel and um, 
as a word that I basically kind of just freestyled and I didn't know if it was a real word or not. Um, and you know sometimes, like for those of you who've been on Tumblr and that, like there's just Tumblr words that's like, oh, that's a, that's a cool word, but it's not really a word. Or you just make up a word or whatever. And I remember like my editor coming back and being like, I remember, I forgot what word it was, but I was like, is this, is this an actual word? Like, and I was like, can you please respect my creative license? <laughs> <laughs> like, of course, this is a word. Best believe I went off there and Googled it and was like, is it actually a word? And I couldn't find it anywhere. Uh, but like, it's been printed. So if anyone has, <laughs> yeah. Oh, you're like Shakespeare, because he was making up words. Made up fair words, like, you know, and we should still be doing that. You know, we Amazing. should just switch up words. We should just like make the English language benigna. <laughs> I like what we did there. Yeah, I know. Um, anyways, <laughs> I'm reading a book called A Little Life, and um, it's an amazing book. And I was like, for a, like a good week, I was just online talking about how incredible it was. I just hadn't hit the main part where it just got real dark real quick. What's it about? <clears throat> Without any spoilers, it's about four college friends: Malcolm, Willem, JB, and Jude. And Mainly it's about Jude and the other three, it's like their relation to Jude. And Jude is a, is a, I guess, a young adult, but it spans almost their whole complete life. The book is yeah. 700 and something page long, pages long. It's a very wow. thick book. Okay. Um, so light reading. And it touches, <laughs> light reading. And it touches on, I guess, sexual abuse. It touches on childhood trauma. It touches on sexuality. But for me, I quite like its touch on sexuality because there was no point in the book that it, sexuality was this thing that was like, especially with regards to gay men, mm -hmm. it was like looked at as wrong. Yeah, yeah, it yeah. Was, I, that's one part, well, so far, I'm only 500-something pages in. <laughs> that, um, so even if it's in the context of good relationship or bad relationship, it still doesn't put a moral compass on yeah, yeah, yeah. And I, just, I really love that. Yeah. I was like, that's really progressive. Yeah. And yeah. I really enjoy reading that. Um, and it's so mentally horrific <coughs> that I genuinely think this is the first book that I think should have a trigger warning. Like the first book that the first page should be like, a, I don't know. A oh, what? So it starts that early? or Just not. It's just... It, it reels you in with beautiful writing, mm. great character development. And so you really feel entrenched and attached to these characters, especially Jude, right? But then it just takes a turn and it tackles so much gruesome, horrific subjects yeah. that, God, you have to be in a real mental state to be able to handle, I think. Okay. Like I'm, I'm reading this book and I know that maybe where I was mentally last year, um, I couldn't have read it because mm. um, I'm always like very mostly it's a very open podcast guy so we talk about mental health all the time and on the podcast Alex and I will talk about going to therapy and stuff so mm -hmm. I like started going to therapy last year and it, only because it was a really dark period and somebody messaged me and said I bought this book but all of these topics that you're talking about I'm not in a yeah, yeah I yeah. started reading it and it just really should I continue yeah and I was like Possibly not, mm -hmm, because mm -hmm. it doesn't get any better. Yeah. It's one of those books that I thought, all right, four, 300 pages, maybe it gets lighter, you know? Like, give me a happy ending. It's called A Little Life. Well, it's <laughs> 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 huge. But it really, it's very yeah. hard. But it's 
contradicted with such beautiful writing. I'm actually curious to read it now, really curious. Like, I this actually want to read this it. This is what everybody's like. Also, You're I'm really it. in my Incredibly. influencer bag. I genuinely feel like <laughs> Picador should like send me my check. Honestly. Because I think there has been a spike in sales of A Little Life <laughs> because of me. Yeah. Like, I think a good like 18 people have bought this book. I mean, 19 tomorrow because <laughs> I'm about to buy Thank it. Thank you. And it's so weird. So half of them have, have been back to cuss me to be like, what the fuck? This book yeah. is horrific. <laughs> and the other half are like still in the beginning. So they're like, it's so beautiful. And I'm like, mm-hmm. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Can't wait for okay. you to get into I'm definitely going to let you know, especially 700 pages. Like, I might send you a whole essay because there's no way I'm reading 700 pages and, and yeah. just leaving it like that. Like, I have like, to tell someone. I've been literally, I can't play you the voice note because it's so funny, but not of me just like messaging Alex, being like, I can't believe you made me read this book. This is horrific. And Jude, I know he's a victim, but like, I really want him to take action. Why won't he take action? And then Alex is like, you can't blame the victim. I know I can't <laughs> blame the victim, but I just want him to just understand how amazing he is and how incredible he is, and he just wants to kill himself. Why does he want... It was... <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much for listening, guys. This has been amazing. <laughs> I mean, that's not the big spoiler. Jude, why? <laughs> <laughs> Oh, Alex is going to kill me! <laughs> <laughs> this is great, guys. Can I just... What's it? You know in Men in Black? Yeah. I yeah, that didn't happen. What? Men in Black? I saw Men in Black on the film. That's what the sound it makes. I don't think it makes the sound. Have you guys watched Men in Black? When they do that thing and they take away your memory? No, you didn't get it, man. They got it, but they were playing along. Oh, no. How you miss your own joke, oh, man? Oh, Can <laughs> I get a show of numbers? Who's read A Little Life? Oh, 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 oh. Oh, there's a few people in and there. And who hasn't read, read A Little Life? The majority. I would really recommend reading it. It's a really great book. You haven't missed out anything. No, I'm still going to read it, yeah. Oh, I hate spoiling books. No, it's fine. It's if the writing, but this okay. So we are like, the writing. The is writing. See, if it's just verb, 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 I <laughs> yeah. feel like that's gonna disrupt my soul a little bit. Um, it's beautiful writing. It's yeah, beautiful. I can count on you. Like. like it's so for me. So James Baldwin. Like don't, you know. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah so yeah. James Baldwin for me. Yeah. I would call him. <clears throat> Uh oh. Oh. <laughs> oh. Okay, so oh. James Bolt. <clears throat> feel like I have to readjust. Yeah, so James. Let's remove all pointy objects. <laughs> um, I think he's a clinical writer. What? Okay, all right, let me explain myself. Clinical? I think he talks better than he writes. Like, I've watched him. I've watched, I've watched him talk, and he. It, it's beautiful. Um, I mean, and of then, course, he's James Baldwin. Right, and then he writes, and it's still beautiful, but lacks what I would call what it, my uh, expert opinion, <laughs> since I read it's a lot. It's um, declining, but yeah. <laughs> uh, um, I think it lacks what I call <clears throat> flavor. So. Oh my, flavor. <laughs> All right, so he's a beautiful writer, but I think we are entitled to our opinions. For me, it's very, even if it's very, it's, it's very <laughs> clinical, right? In terms of it, remind it just for me feels like he's writing in a, in a science lab. 
Um, but, but... Whereas, whereas maybe somebody like, um, oh God, their eyes were watching God. My Zora Neale Hurston. Yeah, Zora, I mean, yeah, Zora Neale yeah, Hurston, but... for me, who is like, that book is my, my yeah. fav one of my favourite books. But she's writing in vernacular, so she can't, it can't be portrayed, it can't be kind of perceived as being clinical, right? But even then, I but think I've Baldwin, read other stuff from her. In Bill Street, can talk when he talks about love and laughter and how love is like laughter and laughter is like love and how don't you two... see why I'm saying it's clinical? <laughs> love is like laughter and laughter is like love. If you can't laugh with the person you love, have yeah. you really loved? Completely. Wait, let me think about that. <laughs> <laughs> Those are the questions. Like, I mean, does someone you love need to make you laugh? Yes. All right. <laughs> I think that's a unanimous, unanimous decision. <laughs> a unanimous, a unanimous. <laughs> that's one of my words. <laughs> um, yeah, so personally for yeah. me, I just feel like James Baldwin is a clinical writer. He, he Even in his clinicalness, it's still, that's a word, well, it's still- I'm not gonna lie, it's yeah. Still Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is PlushCare. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. We're on shaky grounds right now. Right, but I'm saying with um, Hanya's writing, it's it's a mixture for me of, of I guess the adjectives and the verbs. She has a way of propelling the story forward. Mm. I've literally read so much in a space of a few days when like I used to read like that when I was reading Harry Potter. Do you know what I mean? Mm. But the writing is not even like junior level. It's it's beautiful writing. It carries the story forward. It it's it's propelling. It's you know, sometimes when authors will write and they will just do prose that is showing off. Let yeah. me show you how beautiful I can I write by words. describing yeah, yeah, yeah. this canvas yeah. of nothing. Yeah. Um, but sometimes it can be low-key beautiful, though. Like. <laughs> yeah, for like half a page. But All right. half Have a page. You, has anyone read Aikwe Amar? Does it, is it a name? Yes! He's a writer called Ayukwe Amar, right? And he's got a book that I absolutely love. One of my favourite books. <coughs> and I reread it all the time, um, called 2000 Seasons. Mm -hmm. And, you know, it's, it's, it's about enslavement and colonialism and, like, tragedy and 
political conflict and warfare. So all the light, beautiful things. But like the, the way that he just describes sentences, he describes like scenes and stuff. Like for instance, he, he describes like thunder as like the hands of a god peeling the clouds and throwing his rage like to, to the earth. Like that's just, that's, that's mad. That's like, do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like there's certain things that people write and I think, I wish I'd thought of that. Yeah. You know, and, and that's what I love. But right? isn't that like creating images and creating imagery using words and, and adjectives to, mm. you know, yeah. create that. And But some authors don't need to add in all of those adjectives. They can just say a very simple line. True. And you as a reader may infer based off of, I guess, the context, mm -hmm. um, how they're mm. writing. And so for me, writing that has both combined, mm. that clinical, not even clinical, but just the simplicity, I guess. Yeah, yeah, that yeah. simple writing, yeah. sometimes combined with the flower. Yeah. And, yeah. you know, the... Small flower. Extravagant. The petals. I like that. <laughs> Look at you. It's like I'm a writer or I something. <laughs> <laughs> um, so that combination, I think, is what Hanya has in this book. And so, so I literally read a page that is completely awful in what it's describing and then being like wow that's really amazing mm. like that that read really well i'm 100 yeah. going to read this book i think you should i think and i'm going to get back to you i think everybody should read this book but i do think that just go with it with caution make sure that mentally you're in a position to read it and if mm. you think it's too much put it down like just yeah don't read it but yeah that's what i'm reading so that really took a, <laughs> took a um yeah JJ, it's time for our. Actually, I'm going to do our cultural questions before we get to the mostly lit section. Okay. Okay, so the cultural questions in mostly lit is Alex normally asks me questions about um, 90s, noughties, uh, black culture because I lack knowledge mm -hmm. in that <coughs> sector. So um, I just don't understand social things and social cues and social, like, memories of like people who grew up in that era because yeah. like obviously immigrant right yeah hold on i understand i know I but like, say, what, like what? <laughs> i was sheltered and so alex normally <laughs> <laughs> alex normally asks me questions um that are like fun and apparently supposed to teach me something i it just for me highlights everything that i don't know but since he's not here i'm going to ask uh you something jj Ooh. three questions mm -hmm. the first question <clears throat> What season of Fresh Prince of Bel-Air? <laughs> what season? What, which season of Fresh Prince of Bel-Air did dark-skinned Aunt Viv turn into light? Yo, listen, Viv? yeah, I have beef over this, man. Like, that was a serious tragedy, yeah? And I feel like it was relatively earlier on. That should have never happened. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Like, right. because dark-skinned... Aunt Viv had substance, had character. Do you know what I mean? Like she was driven, she had purpose. Yeah. And then light skin Aunt Viv was really played down. Yeah. But I feel like season wise, because bear in mind, we just watched it on Channel 4. I didn't even realize the concept of seasons <laughs> until <laughs> I was much older. Like I didn't know shows had uh -huh. seasons. I just thought they just showed like <laughs> year after year and just kept going. Yeah. But I'm going to say it was relatively. It was quite early, not too early, so maybe season three, I'm going to say. Oh! Is that too, is that, is that too early? Four. I was going to say four, that was my next guess. <laughs> so, yeah, they changed um, dark skin Aunt Viv yeah. into light skin Aunt Viv in yeah. season four. Yo, do you remember when she did that dance thing? Yeah. When she did that dance? <laughs> 
Classic. Um, I... <laughs> and why did she laugh? No, I've seen some videos and I've seen some episodes and I've seen that clip of her dancing and, she, yeah. Um, so, okay, right, next, next, question. next question. So, we have three. One of these questions is subjective. So, mm. it's just whether I think you're right or wrong. Okay. <laughs> um, so, next question. Who wrote the book called Midnight and the Coldest oh, Winter Ever? Oh, come on. Oh, come on. Come on. Wait, wait. Does anyone me, please. in the audience know? Oh, come right, on. Put your rate hands me, up please. Everyone in the audience knows. Who thinks I would know? I think you would know. Yeah? yeah? You're rate me. Come on. Come on. All right, who was it then? <laughs> it was Sister Soldier. Fantastic. Round of applause on. for JJ. Come on. You know. All right. My last question is the subjective one. Mm. And hopefully, you know, your masculinity, your oh. like, your, you're not, as in, as in, I'm saying you'll be able to just answer this because you just, you're, you're confident in your masculinity. You can say whatever, right? It's a bit dicey. <laughs> <laughs> no, you called Alex hot, so you're good on this one. Okay. Who was the best looking um, boy in the boy band group, B2K? <laughs> Wait, does everyone know the, the group? All right, so there is this US, um, yeah, you They sing that bomb, bomb, bomb. Bomb, bomb. Ladies, turn around <laughs> and let me. All right, and they were a US group, so similar to our Westlife, I guess. West. <laughs> Westlife, similar to Blue, yeah, Blue, like Blue. Oh, see. oh, Blue. Yeah, similar to Blue. All right. Was there that guy in Blue called Simon? Simon? No, man. Duncan. Duncan was that guy, man. Duncan was I, I that... Don't know. Was Duncan, I just remember it? Simon because I had a crush on him. Oh. Um, B2K. I yeah. mean, it was obviously Amarian, isn't it? Obviously. No! It was obviously Amarian. I'm sorry, it's obviously Amarian. He had the, the plaits, he had the little moves. So, for a long time, cool. It's obviously Amarian. This is why... Who is it, obviously? Hold on. This... Who? Hold on, this is why Omarion had the most successful solo career. All right, um, the correct answer is Jay Boo. Thank you. Um, let us move forward. No one so even knows who that is. Guys, that was cultural questions. Okay. Sister Soldier wrote Midnight and the Coldest Winter Ever. Jay Boo is the most good looking um, mm, boy in that. B2K. And our Dark Skin Light Viv was season replaced um, in season four. Now, mask off. Mask this off. is the most lit section where we discuss <laughs> the... <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> well, we discuss you, JJ. That's why yeah. you're here. Thank you. Thank you so much me. for co-hosting. But also, it. this is why you're here. Yes. So, can we get an, a, a, like an in-depth intro? Because you didn't mention No Pesticle. Oh, you didn't mention your, your poetry. I was um, like expecting all of that juice. Yeah, I don't know. I'm a bit awkward um, with like <laughs> stuff. Um, <laughs> So, yeah, I've kind of my, my journey's been long and weird. Um, started with just like writing poetry, accidentally writing poetry, then accidentally doing open mics, then people liking it, then yeah. realizing that, oh, okay, like more people like it, and then starting a blog. And then I remember the first time I got paid, um, I was like, what? You can get money from this? Oh my gosh. <laughs> like, I did, a, I did a show while I was like the feature poet at a dance show, interestingly enough. Sad as well as theatre. And they paid me £50 to do a 15 minute gig. And I was like, yo, wow. man is killing it. <laughs> what? 15 minutes? What? Gang, gang, gang. <laughs> killing it, yeah. 
And then, like, I actually realised that I absolutely love this thing and I was, like, ridiculously passionate about it. And yeah. I would go to shows, like, five nights a week and whether I was, like, featured or not or whatever it was, just to hear other people's poems. Like, I, I still do that as much as I can now because I just totally love it. Mm -hmm. And then just kind of moving forwards and stuff, uh, self-publishing, and then um, eventually my novel was uh, published a couple of years ago. Um, eventually came to Mask Off. Now, Mask Off had its own interesting iteration. So, What is Mask Off for the it's, audience? Mask Off is a book that explores masculinity, um, aimed predominantly at like a younger audience, but it explores masculinity across different cultural and historical, political um, perspectives. Mm -hmm. So not just looking at it removed from the structures of society, actually like what informs us and our masculinity and also how different versions of masculinity have existed throughout time mm -hmm. um, and across cultures as well and how I came about the idea interestingly enough it was inspired by future those of you who knows future yeah like you know there's a rapper called future who is um, who's who's known as the king of toxic masculinity <laughs> Because all he raps about is like just drugs and sex and, and misogyny and stuff. Um, he's extremely popular. Um, <laughs> as if that validates what he's rapping mm -hmm. about, right? Um, but so the song Mask Off, I remember it came out maybe, what were we, 29? I think it came out 2016 or 2017, something like that. And I remember hearing it. And I have this thing where if I hear a song, I just listen to it on repeat again and again and again. Like, I have to analyse a song. Yeah. And I was really interested in this production. So it's got a ridiculously, like, rhythmic, catchy flute. Like, do, yeah. Do, 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 do. Also, that's what you were playing. Yeah, that's what I was doing. Yeah, I know you didn't get it because you're sheltered. But, like, <laughs> I just let you yeah. Yeah, go with I it. I got there but in the end. I'm actually learning how to play the flute. I want to learn it within a week so that next week at the book launch I can... <laughs> <laughs> so I'm practising hard. Uh -huh. um, but yeah, I remember hearing that song and just sent it on repeat and repeat and repeat again. And I was like, there's just something about this song and I couldn't figure out what. Um, so after listening to it for a few months, I went and Googled it. Googled like the, who produced it, where the sample was from. And I found out that the sample was taken from, originally from a song by... Tommy Butler, um, which was a song called Prison Song, and essentially a civil rights song um, written for the play Selma, mm. which talks about police brutality, talks about um, civil rights, talks about human rights and justice and so forth. And that just sparked the idea for it, like thinking about, you know, if you're looking at 1960s, 1970s, kind of perception of masculinity, particularly black masculinity, and how that song has existed, and the transformation of those norms then, to the norms that like mask off the song now is produced and the contrasting elements of that and what was normal then and what is normal now. Mm -hmm. And so I thought, oh my gosh, like this is a book waiting to happen. Um, so I kind of started writing uh, something quite random. Um, when I have an idea, I'll just write random things and see how it goes. And then Pluto Press contacted me and said they were doing a series. Um, and if I'd be interested in publishing anything mm -hmm. or writing for them. And they initially suggested the idea of like, migration and refugees, but I'd been talking a lot about that. But like for ages, I'd also been talking about masculinity. I'd written on my blog previously about yeah. it and um, had like written poems about it. So I pitched this idea to them and they really liked it. And it was so funny because like, obviously publishing is not the most diverse industry. So I was telling them uh, the background to the story. So I was like, yeah, there's this rapper called Future. He's got this <laughs> song called Mask Off. And he's like, Doo -doo -doo. and then they're like, <laughs> 
future. <laughs> and I was like, why was I expecting you to know? But then, like, it would be bad for me to expect them not to know, yeah. you know? So I thought, let me just run with it anyway. But, um, yeah, so after spending about, like, 18 months, two years writing, 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 yeah. writing, it eventually came to be. It's being it published baby. tomorrow, so... Congratulations, round of applause. Thank you. Tomorrow. So, with regards to the topics that you talk about in, in it, um, I read that you touch on aspects of masculinity and love. Mm -hmm. um, and I think that is something that we've heard about and people have been talking about it with regards, and we've touched upon it um, in the podcast with how men love, how they love one another, if they love one another and how do they show that love mm -hmm. and how, I guess, they love women. Mm -hmm. And the detriment that, I guess, the idea of toxic masculinity, which I think people just now need to have a definition of, mm. um, affects that idea of love. Mm -hmm. But what, how did you tackle it in, um, in your book? Um, so, I mean, love is complicated, anyone. Like, that's, that's an understatement. Um, and the thing is, is how we conceptualize love is often a reflection of what it's informed by mm. and the position that you're coming from. So for someone like me, um, who's coming from a kind of like multicultural, diasporic, Congolese, black British, quote unquote, um, European as well, Western experience, like the idea of love was often at odds with each other. So we grew up listening to Congolese rumba. Uh, one of my favorite songs is a song called Ibali Azair, where this man is singing about the love of his life who's leaving uh, on a boat to go to another country. So Congo is uh, divided by a river um, that separates Congo, Kinshasa, and Congo, Brazzaville. And he's basically pleading to the boat to bring back the love of his life. So that's the kind of songs that I heard growing up. And mm -hmm. that's like, we, we heard stories of you know, families who were separated um, because, of, because of the war, essentially, and they, they waited five years, ten years to be together, you know, and then we're, were reunited and someone would send a fake passport back and then they would travel <laughs> from country to country to country yeah. to country to come here and, yeah. and, and, and be a family. Um, and so, like, just contrasting that uh, versus, like, you know, do I swipe right or swipe left? <laughs> like, you know, right. and, the, and the modern experience, and not, not to say one is more noble than the other, because I don't want to moralize it, mm -hmm. but I just think it's about like kind of like honesty and openness and vulnerability as well. Yeah. And um, it's interesting because I think we give, like, we, we have this thing of, about the romanticization of love, and it's perceived inherent eternal value, mm -hmm. like love is supposed to be forever. You know, and sometimes thing can, things can still be love but not be forever. Mm. And sometimes, you know, whether, and I don't mean that in an intimate way, but I just mean that in the terms of like friends, okay. in terms of family, do you know what I mean? Yeah. In terms of like uh, male non sexual intimacy as well, mm. I think is, is a way to have that conversation. So when I talk about love, like I really do talk about like the importance of, you know, non sexual intimacy between men, like our men hugging are men holding each other, mm. like that kind of thing. And it's like, yeah. The, I think the... with regards to that <coughs> intimacy aspect, I don't know if anybody would agree with me, but definitely when I was younger, seeing young men hugging was something that I didn't see much mm. at all. I yeah, genuinely yeah, yeah. don't remember seeing like it in <coughs> schools or anything. But mm. I think it's, it's different now. Yeah, it's very different. But have we reached 
that goal in which that type of intimacy is not even something to think about. And I think, I think for me, it's more so with regards to the culture. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And even within the culture, where, where, where are you placed? Are yeah. you a middle-class black man or are you living in Walthamstow? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Do you know what I mean? Like the culture I come from, um, it was perfectly normal for two men to walk down the street holding hands, especially back home. So even here, like I write about this, um, but even here having, like Tottenham is basically Congo Central. <laughs> like, for, you know, if you go to Tottenham, like, you'll be lucky if you hear English. Like, and so <laughs> we're here Lingala, there's so many Congolese people. Like, I used to go down there as a kid and just, like, put my hood up and just go, oh, my gosh. Um, and sometimes when I'd be out there, my uncle's family, whatever, like, you, you'd hold hands because that's what, that's what they did, right? That was, that was normal. Mm. But imagine, like, 14-year-old boy. I'm from MC. Yeah, I'm, I'm sick. I'm bad, whatever. Because <laughs> like, that's what I thought. Gang, gang, gang. <laughs> um, but then you see your uncle, nah, and he's like, hey, Andrew, yaka, 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 yaka. Yeah. And then you're like, oh, you know, but I'm with my boys. But yeah. OK, uncle, yeah, cool. And then he's talking to you. And then he's just like, yeah. Like, so it starts off with maybe a handshake. Yeah, how you doing, whatever. And then the handshake will switch to, so the grip switches, uh -huh. right? Uh -huh. So you know how to say like the normal hand shake, yeah? yeah? And then it goes from that to like, a, it's holding like side by side. Aww. So you're like, raw, like, that. and it's like, it's like, yo, there's only so long you can hold this while everyone's watching. But then like, it just becomes, you're just now holding hands, right? Mm -hmm. And then you're now walking down the street holding hands. Mm -hmm. And now everyone's looking. Oh, and man. it's like really hyper aware and hyper conscious yeah. and stuff. And um, you know, you, you kind of like grow out of that, but then you, you look back and you think about the expectations and the influence mm -hmm. and the impact that that would have had. Um, and then nowadays where it's like, okay, I understand that, you know, and there's certain things that I'm comfortable with, like hugging my boys, whatever, I'm quite a touchy person, but if we're walking down the street holding hands, oh, I ain't gonna lie, it's a But you said that sometimes you outgrow it, right? So with, with regards to mask off, you said that it's, um, whilst everybody can read it, you do kind of tailor it to younger, mm -hmm, uh, mm -hmm. younger boys, right? How are these young men mm. supposed to, one, grow into their masculinity so that it's, a, it's healthy for mm -hmm, themselves mm -hmm. and for those around them? But with regards to the ripened misogyny yeah, yeah, yeah. and the just yeah. gender... In I think they just need examples, you know? Mm. Like, they just need examples like of people who they relate to um, people in their local community, men in their local community who are yeah. like, no, nah, just don't, don't do this. Like, I remember, I'm, I, and that's how it was for me. Like, I remember, like, the older guys that I grew up with. So I read um, Bell Hooks's We Will Call, okay. um, which is a book on, uh, on black masculinity. We Will Call and, um, oh, what's the other one? Will to, to Change. There you go. Who said that? There you go. Legend. Um, <laughs> and more to change. And I read that as a teenager. And how I came Sorry, about that book, it was because like, I used to go to these community meetings and see older men or whatever, whatever, and they'd be like, no, nah, you can't, you're moving mad, da, 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 you can't do this, whatever, read this, man. You, yeah. you need to change the way you think. And I'm like, okay, so who's this guy who I consider to be like masculine, mm -hmm. right? Telling me that, you know, desiring multiple women isn't the healthiest, isn't a healthy form of masculinity. I need to unlearn that. And I'm like, okay, then I start to question. You know, and I just think we need to like pass on those examples, mm -hmm. and like now we can reach such a bigger audience and make those connections, especially with social media. But just how more connected, yeah. like the communities are, you know. Uh, and I don't feel there's much of a big gap between like someone in their teenage years versus someone in their twenties yeah. and so forth. I mean, we're pretty much listening to the same music and <laughs> enough the same clothes, you know. Yeah. So uh, 
yeah, it's just about showing those examples and giving people as many um, options and possibilities of alternatives as possible, yeah. and then empowering on people to create their own versions of masculinity. Right. And not just boys as well, but I think, you know, masculinity and femininity for both boys and girls yeah. and however your yeah. gender manifests, you yeah. know, I think that's really important. I think it's understanding that it's, I guess, not so much pigeonholing yeah. and this is how someone is supposed to behave if they're masculine, this is how they're supposed to behave if they're feminine. Yeah. It's, you can just be any on the spectrum and it's absolutely fine. Exactly. And um, that's how it used to be, like, before yeah. colonialism. But, <laughs> you know, that's how that's it used to be. That's why it all boils down to the boys yeah. um, And the patriarchy. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it's so weird you say this because, and capitalism, right? <laughs> it's so weird you say this because um, you tweeted something, I think, years ago. Oh. And I remember... It's not anything terrible. I <laughs> um, so this was like, God, 2016. Yeah. I was at Heartbreak Central. So hashtag men are trash was like in me. Mm. I was like, oh my God, don't I, man? Da -da -da. Um, and then there was this, you know, online hoopla of men are trash. Mm -hmm. And you tweeted, I, I definitely think it was you. You said, men are trash dot, 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 systematically. <laughs> <laughs> and I thought it was a great thing. And I always yeah. said in my head, I was like, when I see JJ, I'm going to mention that he, he said yeah. that. Because it really did, you, you literally took everybody's ideas of, I guess, their own personal struggles and yeah. said, actually, you're right on a systematic level when we, when we talk about, I guess, yeah, patriarchy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Not trash like trash, but more so there is something that yeah. we need to and that, on. And that's something I had to reckon with myself, because when yeah. I heard the first men are trash thing, obviously my initial response was like, whoa, hold on, not all men. Like, I, <laughs> like I, I'm all right. Like, yeah. I know a couple of guys, so all right, yeah. you know. Yeah. Um, and then I had to really sit down and think about it. And yeah, systematically just means like in terms of how we benefit from the patriarchy, you mm -hmm. know, and no matter how well-intentioned you are. And this just goes to not just in terms of like masculinity or maleness, but in terms of whatever privileged position that you occupy, like no matter how well-intentioned you are mm -hmm. in that position, like you have to really reckon with how much you benefit from being in that position mm -hmm. and what kind of privileges being, those in, being in that position gives you and how that impacts your life and the life of others around you. So if we take, I mean, the men of trash kind of take, generally emerges from like the dating and relationships yeah, experience. Relationship, very yeah. and And then we think about how we replicate those situations and that's all learned from like, systematic kind of patriarchy so if you think about chivalry right and you know men are supposed to do this and being yeah. you know and a lot of men like perform that but that chivalry is not without you know expectation and conditions mm -hmm. and entitlement mm -hmm. so if uh, even if it's just like a man's holding the door open you know and you walk through the door as a woman and they're like expecting you to showed the most gratitude. Like, there's a certain entitlement that comes out if you don't show it back. Thank you. It's a, and it's a, it's a whole kind of, like, performative element um, yeah. that we don't really discuss, and I think we're not really aware of as much, or we weren't aware of as much. Yeah. But it definitely impacts our everyday life, I think, and we, we go through elements of, like, performativity yeah. in our in our day-to-day -day lives. So with regards to you dissecting and discussing masculinity within Mask Off, what was your, I guess goal or the message that you mm. wanted to the core message yeah. that you wanted to get across to young boys um up. so for me i i really believe that from the ages of i 
go into a bit about this, the most destructive, um, one of the most destructive things about masculinity and toxic masculinity and the patriarchy is male violence and male aggression. Mm -hmm. And from the ages of, I would say, around 11, 12 years old, until, if it lasts this long, until about 18 or 19, a lot of men at one point uh, or another during that stage have a significant amount of internalized rage mm. and anger. And that can be a result of different things. That can be a result of like traumatic experiences. That can be a result of entitlement. That can be an, 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 an entitlement and not granting the supposed privileges of that entitlement. Mm. So, you know, a boy thinking that they should be X, Y, Z or seeing someone who, or, or for instance, you know, the whole kind of nice guy, I'm a nice guy trope, you know, a boy necessarily not uh, fulfilling the perceived aspects of what it means to be masculine, but being a nice guy anyway mm -hmm. and thinking that that should warrant them the benefits of, of male privilege, mm -hmm. you know, and that really kind of internalizes a lot of rage and a lot of boys go through that. And what I'm essentially trying to get at is for young men, obviously it relates to everyone, but for young men to understand what it is that feeling and their experiences at an earlier age yeah. and to be able to self-manage through that, you know, and to be able to be empowered enough to look beyond the gender binaries. I don't think gender binaries exist. Mm. I don't think they should exist. I mean, sorry, I think they exist, but I don't think they should exist. I'm not particularly uh, enforced by them in my own life. And I look at my own Congolese culture and I think there's so many aspects of it that is patriarchal, but I'm like, guys, like, we dance with our waists. <laughs> like, do you know what I mean? Like, we swing our waists, yeah. like, better than the women. <laughs> do you know what I mean? Like, and, and, and we dance in, and we wear, any, we wear these, like, colourful, flamboyant clothes. Like, Which apparently he didn't, I didn't give him the message today. Look at our outfit and look at mine. He was like, like, you came in a ball gown? Do you know what I mean? Like, like, give, me a, give me a heads up. Like, I'm Congolese. Like, at least allow I'm me sorry. to wear something bright. I'm sorry. Um, I'm sorry. And, and, and those kind of elements. So now how that contrasts with um, which is interesting, right? We say about colonialism and, you know, kind of like European domination around the world. Um, but actually, if you look at European masculinity, hills, for instance, wearing hills was originally reserved yeah. for French aristocrats. And they wore higher and higher hills to express their dominance over other men. So imagine, yeah? Man, them are beefing, like, <laughs> gang, gang, but the real gang stuff, They're yeah? The real gang like, gang. Now, what? You're on my turf? I'm going to wear higher hills than you. Mind blown. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? But now the enforcement is that, like, oh, women, if a woman can't wear heels. And yeah. it seems trivial, but actually there's an origin to everything. Yeah. And I think it's just about understanding that and helping uh, us to understand certain aspects of history can help us to deconstruct mm. the rigid kind of impositions of masculinity. So I said no. Like, when I told you, I was like, with this interview, no questions are off limits. As in mm -hmm. why I said, are there any questions off of this? Mm -hmm. And you were like, no, no, no. And I was like, fantastic, great. Um, <laughs> but it's not a terrible question. It's just more so, whilst you were writing, is there anything that you personally had to work through um, that maybe whilst in the writing process you had a change of heart or your mind was changed or things were revealed in some way or you sat down and thought something was different? Yeah. Well, that's a great question. Um, Thank you. <laughs> I realised, like... Uh, I'm, I'm a piece of shit. <laughs> Not in the sense of, like, I realised how I thought I knew about, like, yeah, masculine, like, I've read about this stuff. And, but I, like, real, like, it is so massive. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? And it's so hard to be able to know what you're doing 
if that makes sense. I, like, I don't know what the solution is. I don't know what the ultimate solution is. I don't know what the ultimate, like, strategy is in mm. terms of, like, equalising the imbalance, you know. Um, but I think for me to be able to write this, there's definitely a certain position that I'm able to, you know. And I think there's, even within the realms of masculinity amongst men, like, there's, I can talk to my boys about masculinity. I can talk to men about masculinity because I know that to a certain degree, like there's a certain element of perceived like intimidation that might come with just by seeing me. You know, I'm mm. tall, like athletic looking, whatever. They think, oh, if, if someone starts to maybe like try and cuss me out and call me soft, you know, and I've had this, like I've had people online say, oh, X, Y, Z, da, 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 and they see me in person. And the first thing is like, Ra, you're, you're, you're tall. Like. <laughs> and there's always like a domination thing. So men weigh up other men. I write this well, men weigh up other men when looking at each other and like, okay, could I take him? Could I take him? You know, that kind of thing. And I'm like, I'm not even, I'm not even an yeah. aggressive, violent person. Like, that. like I literally, it's so mad, yeah. When I, was a, when I was a kid and used to get into a fight, I literally used to, I remember I fought with one of my friends, Armin. We got into a fight and I cried afterwards. And I was like, I'm so sorry. Then we went back to my house yeah. and played Nintendo. Like, <laughs> So it's, it's just weird. There's this, like, obviously hierarchy, but I think, you know, for me, I'm like, okay, I'm in a position where I can write about this, yeah. and hopefully it gives other men, uh, you know, the will to be able to write about this and express this as well. And, you know, I'd love to hear more from trans men. I'd love yeah. to hear more from gay men, gay black men, talking about masculinity, what it's like to grow up being gay and black, um, particularly, like, battling, you know, the, if we, the conversation about barbershops being a safe space, for instance, is something that's prevalent now. And like, you know, as a man, even now, like I'll go to a barbershop for my beard, obviously. <laughs> um, yeah. And uh, I still hear things and I'm like, mm, cringe, like cringe. But I can only imagine what it must be like for a gay black man to go into those spaces, especially if you're young, yeah. you know, with all the conflicts of internalised homophobia that might come. And you're just going there to get a haircut and you're hearing all this madness, yeah. you know. So I think hopefully books like this there's a lot of books like this, especially coming out now, could then give agency for other stories to come out and be told as yeah. well. So. The final question before I give it out to the audience to ask you anything or whatever. Um, women's voices in masculinity and, and, and debates around maleness. Um, I, there are so many statistics I can't even begin to mm -hmm. tell you mm -hmm. about violence against women. Basically because of or as a result of masculine energies, I'd mm -hmm. call it, um, or just that rage, that unresolved rage from childhood that you were talking about. And I was talking to my good friend about this and about the idea of if people are telling you that maybe something is wrong, you should mm. listen to them. So if a woman is having these discussions and we see it play out on social media and likes of Twitter and mm. you know women being like, oh, this is what you do, and then the men are like, you know, F off, don't tell us, you know, mm -hmm. we'll, and then mm -hmm. one of my friends said, oh, we'll talk amongst ourselves. How can there be discord amongst ourselves? Mm -hmm. And then now we have to deal with you as well telling us, like, give mm -hmm. us that moment mm -hmm. to talk amongst ourselves. Mm -hmm. I don't know if I agree with that, mm -hmm. mainly because can you know something is wrong unless you hear from the people it's affecting? Yeah, no, you can't. Like, right. I, I don't know how you can. Like, do you know what I mean? Most of, like, how I inform myself was by reading and listening to other women. Like, one of my favourite writers in, in the world who I absolutely love and hope to meet one day is June Jordan. Like, I love her. She's got a book called uh, Moving Towards Home, which is a bit about her journey. And I so related, like, to her. And she talks about, like, all the young black boys that she worked with 
um, and masculinity and so forth. And I think you have to listen. And what happens a lot of the time is, you know, it's, it's, it's difficult having your privilege confronted, you know, and then you realise that you realise the imperfectness of your being like, as a human being, no matter how well-natured you are. Like, I'm a, I think human beings generally consider themselves good. Like, you can consider yourself a good, I'm a good I'm person, good. right? But then when you have your privilege confronted with, you realise that you're, 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 you might not be as good <laughs> as you think you are. And, you know, that's just a reality of it. It's not a, a reflection of who you are, your morality, or how much you care about human beings, but it's just a position that you occupy, and there's relative privilege, and we all occupy um, different positions. But I think it's important, I think two things aside, it's important uh, for us as men like to listen, but it's also important for men to really call out other men and to talk amongst ourselves, like, do you know what I mean? And to have that conversation that doesn't put, that doesn't then put the labor on women to survive the system, but also to dismantle it. Because yeah. they didn't, like women didn't create the system. And also the patriarchy doesn't benefit the majority of men. Like no matter how, as a man, yeah, no matter how much privilege that you think you might have, like relative to the entirety of like the patriarchal system, it does not benefit you, especially in a position to what having an equally gendered society can bring. Like, yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like I know a lot of guys now who uh, in a situation where, you know, young working professionals, and they feel uncomfortable about whether or not they can be with someone who earns more than them, right? Do you know what I mean? And it's laughable. Yeah. But I'm like, this is your partner. Like, you know, them earning more than you comes back to the household and the love that you're trying to create. Like, you should be comfortable with that. Mm -hmm. You know, and I say that as well, but that's also things that I'm reckoning with. Like, yeah. And I'm like, okay, but it would make your life easier. You know, and we have these conversations amongst like, myself, my friends, and so, and so forth. And... That's where we have to really like challenge ourselves. The ego and, and, and yeah, the ego and the pride and the entitlement as it relates to our identity. Yeah. And hopefully, like, I mean, I'm not perfect, no one's perfect, we're all learning. But it's like, how do we then grow and not make the same mistake yeah. make the same mistakes generation after generation? Yeah. You know, so, yeah. so we have five minutes. Do we have any questions? We have a roaming mic. Yes, we do. So if we have any questions, that's where to go. Somebody has to have a question. Wow, JJ, you answered everyone's questions. Oh, and no one got a question? No, we've got five minutes. No one? Okay, can I give a shout out? To who? I'm going to shout out to someone, yeah? Like, so my... So, so oh, I thought you were going to shout out some people in the group. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, oh. so basically, my... Um, I, I'm, I'm now training to be a mental health social worker. Amazing! Yeah, thank you. So I'm, very, I'm very excited about that. We've an organisation called Think Ahead. Yeah. And, like, I came across them, and in terms of, like, their values and stuff, really, really connected. And I was yeah. like, oh, it's a bit weird. Like, you know, these situations, like, okay, do I say I'm a writer? I don't know. Yeah. It's a bit weird. Like, what's going on? Just need to supply. Um, and he didn't know who I was. But then, like, so I'm going to shout out Ivan. Ivan Wise, he's over there in the audience. He's like, he emailed me and was like, JJ, I heard about your podcast, man. Yeah. I'd like to come. I'm like, oh, my gosh. Like, he's basically my boss. I'm like, where am I going to get? <laughs> I'm like, am I going to get fired? Don't like, what's going on? <laughs> like, but yeah, mental, um, so it's, I've been doing it. And I absolutely, like, you know when you've, like, Definitely found your calling, and yeah. it's like this is this is what I'm meant to be doing. I can't believe it's taken me so long to get Amazing. here, and I can't believe I thought of not like yeah. So yeah, yeah, and just like yeah. keep pursuing whatever you do and you love, man. Life is a journey, yeah. you know. Just keep Aww. going for it. Guys, yeah. round of applause for JJ, please. Yeah.
Um, as I said, you will be um, voted in or out, so you win or lose. I so mean... Did we think he did a great job of co-hosting? Yeah, it was all right, yeah. Got to hit the world. <laughs> um, thank you so much for joining me. It was so much fun. And thank you so much for co-hosting. Please make sure you send all your love to Alex as well. Yes. If you can. Um, My shoes match your dress. Really? Yeah. See? Gang, gang, oh, gang, gang. Uh, sorry, I'm, I'm, old. <laughs> I'm old, I'm old. Um, well, you're well. But yeah, thank you guys so much for coming. Just with yeah. regards to normal things that we do after the pod, make sure you follow us online, on Twitter, we're mm. mostly lit. On Instagram, we're mostly lit pod. On SoundCloud, I think we're also mostly lit pod. You can catch us on Acast. You can catch us on like Apple iPod things. I'm literally like really old at heart. So I actually don't know gadget stuff but Alex does. So if you just go online, you Google most Lilith, you'll be able to find us. Thank you guys so much for coming. And hopefully we've got new listeners and you guys will tune in every Monday. Yeah. That was amazing. Oh, and uh, my book launch is next week. I never want to say someone said next Thursday. Yeah, yeah someone knows better than that. Next Thursday at Foils in Charing Cross. So yeah, if you lot not doing anything, I'm through, innit? I sure it's not ticketed. Everyone's just gonna. Go. <laughs> Listen, <laughs> I, I don't mind that. I'm I'm a dismantled assistant kind of guy. Like, Alright, guys, so. we're all showing up at Foils just, next week. That would be amazing, <laughs> honestly. Yeah, one of it. my dreams. Oh, we, we still got three minutes. One of my dreams, yeah. <laughs> like, I have these wild hallucinations, yeah. Where I just like, why can't literary events, right? Now, like, imagine this. Why can't literary events be like rock concerts? Yeah. Right. Do you know what I mean? Why, like, I one day want to jump from the stage into the audience. <laughs> I want to get my book, like, and burn it. Like, do you know what I mean? Like, and it just goes up into a, like, spiral of flames. And then you, like, jump into the crowd. And I jump into the crowds yeah. and then, like, you know, I rip my shirt, not this shirt. <laughs> I like this shirt. But, like, everything that you imagine with rock stardom, yeah. like, that should happen in a literary field. Do you know what I mean? Like, so just like foils one day and just charge into foils. Yeah. And just be like, oh, we want this. It doesn't have to be my event, although I would appreciate that. <laughs> but, like, obviously. but like any, do you know what I mean? Any, like yeah, I, I when I meet some of my favorite authors, I literally, like I stand, like I'm shaking. I'm like, oh my God. Like I met Marlon James, yeah. And oh then, uh, how did you do that? I was just like, man, you signed like, my book. You're like, I was like, come on, like, do you know what I mean? And he's just there, oh yeah, what's your name? Oh, you, you write too? Yeah. Uh, do you know what I mean? So let's just, yeah, let's, yeah. We've got what, one, one minute, 30 seconds. I actually have a question. You just lifted your book. When you, when someone comes and signs a book, when you, they're like, oh, sign my book, what do you write? Because people write stuff, right? And I remember, I went to get it signed and one of, one of the authors were like, with love. And then, mm. So now when um, the, um, It's Not About the Backer mm. came out and I had to do events, I just write with love. And I just, I'm like, is that a standard or am I doing it wrong? I think, like, what you do know you what? write? Um, well, I'm not like big enough yet to actually just, Shut up. you do you know what I mean? Lying. Like to just, no, like, to, to sign anyone's book, no. <laughs> to, me, to no like, no, but like, you know, like I went to Chimamanda's and she was just like writing like, Chimamanda, boom, Chimamanda, boom, Chim like no message. I was expecting a little like, hey, JJ. follow your dreams. <laughs> At least like, do you know what I mean? Like I just saw your, like I got it and I was like, just your signature. Like, <laughs> it means nothing to me. You know, so yeah. what I try and do is at least like, right, right, yeah, like yeah. speak a little bit, right? Because it's just, 
I don't know, like, for, for me, I, like, I really remember, like, being in a position where seeing some of my favourite poets rise and thinking, yo, like, what are you doing? And then someone be like, yeah, I heard your poem in an open mic, like, keep writing. I'm thinking, what? You, you know, and although I don't necessarily see myself in that position, but I think you just never know how what you say might impact someone. Yeah. And I think, like, that's just the beauty of it, you know? So even if it's just a little message, like... You go, queen. You know, gang, gang, like, gang. whatever it is, you know? Just, yeah, just go that extra gang, mile. Gang. It makes a difference. That's what it should be. This is, yeah, this Can is I get 20% of any, anything? I've um, already copyrighted it, so... Wow. <laughs> I'm selling online T-shirts right now. <laughs> I'm all right, I'm broke, I've got to live. <laughs> <laughs> guys, we're out. Thank you guys so much. Thank you so much. <laughs>